super much. Everyone say super much. This is something that my four-year-old says now. And um, let me just kind of give you a couple of examples. Uh, This morning even, he came in, uh, as he usually does, extremely early before the alarm. And uh, he wakes me up and says, Dad, I just really, really, really want to sleep in your bed super much. (laughs) How could you say no to that, you know? I did say no, but... uh, (laughs) Uh, Or... Dad, I'm, I'm so hungry super much, and my goodness, uh, I don't know how a four-year-old can put down some food the way he does, but I am terrified for when he becomes a teenager. It's like, what? How is he continuously eating? And the funny thing is our one-year-old is eating the same amount as he is, but it's another story. Uh, super much. And my favorite one, the one that just melts my heart as a dad, Dad, I love you super much. You know, it's just... There's something amazing about that. And he says it all on his own. It's not cute or pulled out of him. He just comes to me, Dad, I love you super much. And when I hear super much and think about the meaning behind it, I instantly think of a verse. For God so loved the world super much. Amen? So let's look at that verse real quick, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, that is a super much kind of love. Amen? Now, obviously, this is a nice Christian staple of a verse. Like, I would guarantee that everyone in this room either knows it by heart or you've heard it at least once in your life, right? Uh, Or you just did. So, yes, everyone in this room has heard it once in their life. Um, But have you ever thought about the implications of that opening line? For God so loved the world. Everyone say world. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that, how, how illogical, how crazy, how incredible that kind of love is. The whole world? Yeah. Well, what about bad people? Well, let's think about that for a second. If this church was only open to good people, then it wouldn't be open. Amen? I love that we've had on our sign down by the road in the past, it said, no perfect people welcome. Because there ain't no such thing as perfect people. And if you think you are, then you in denial, okay? Uh, So God so loved the world, the whole world. It doesn't say God so loved parts of the world. It doesn't say God only loved those who would love him back. Because that would be my kind of love, right? I don't want to waste love on people who ain't going to love me. So, man, I love them because, man, they love me back. No, he loves the whole world. Unconditional love. Amen? Think deeper for a moment on how out of control and wild this love is. God, who knows everything, he's outside of time and space. He knows what's going to happen before it happens. And I can't explain or understand fully this next part, but he knows who will receive him and who will reject him. Yet he loves everybody. That is a super much kind of love. Amen? Um, I want to show you this picture, and I'll tell you about it in a minute. It's a, it's a picture of my four-year-old, Silas. He's so cute. Look at him. <laughs> He's awesome. Sleeping on the floor, and I'll tell you about that in a moment. But um, I also have a one-year-old named Ezra, and I got a bun in the oven uh, due October, so that'll be cool. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Woo! Like, side note, kind of terrified, but it's going to be great. I don't know if it's going to be the three amigos or if God's going to bless us with a girl and kind of wreck our whole world. But either way, I'm very excited, you know. Like at this point, 
we're playing man-to-man defense, you know? But here soon, it's going to be, we're going to go to zone, you know? <laughs> it's like, oh, you got them? Okay, I don't see, I don't even know where the other one is. But So looking for guidance for anyone who has more than two kids. Um, thank you in advance. Um, anyways, where I was going with this, I've learned so much as a dad. Like, you could just put a period right there. <laughs> I really have. But I've learned so much as a dad about God's love. Um, it's amazing how my four-year-old can teach me something new every day about God. Like, that's incredible. Um, and, and I really do. I learn something new every day about the Father's heart, God the Father. And um, a youth leader and I, we were, uh, we were talking a couple of weeks ago after one of our, um, our messages on Jesus. And we had a conversation, and it really got my gears turning as a dad. Now, Jesus is God's son, right? And Jesus is also God. He's part of the Trinity, three in one, God. So really, John three sixteen, it could say, for God so loved the world that he gave himself, right? But the attention is on one and only son. And that's huge to really think about. And uh, I want to tell you about this picture now. We took uh, some of our teenagers to this, um, this revival weekend thing, and it was awesome, man. Like, the worship team was playing. Everyone is, like, praying and crying and, woo, yeah, Jesus. And it was great. And it was one of those moments for me where I was in the middle of all of that, and I just, like, wasn't really feeling very spiritual. Anyone else ever been there? You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Everyone's really spiritual in this room then. No one has been there. Okay, well, everyone around me, I look to my right, people are crying. Look to my left, people are praising God, and I'm just standing here like, okay, well, I mean, this is awesome. I'm really happy for them. I'm just not really experiencing anything right now. Okay, so just being real with you guys. <laughs> so part of the reason could be that I was holding my four-year-old, and he was getting just really heavy, and he was asleep on me. Okay, now, these, uh, these guns, I know, it can be misleading, but he was getting <laughs> really heavy to continue holding um, believe it or not. So I was holding him. And again, everyone around me is just experiencing God. It's this awesome thing. And I'm just holding him. And I'm just like, man, this kid is heavy. You know, I'm about to lay him down on the ground. You know, like we'll just we'll throw a coat down. He'll be comfortable. He'll be fine. Um, and then something so amazing happened. Um, in that moment, my thought process then turned to, wow, he is getting heavy. He's growing up fast. Like, man, I'm so proud of him. Man, I love him so much. Yeah, this is, this is my son. This is my boy. Yeah. And then as I knelt to lay him down on the ground, something incredible happened. The Spirit of God just swept over me, and I just began to cry. And I didn't know what was happening at the time. But, man, it wasn't like one of those quiet, like, I'm just going to hide it cries. It was like one of those ugly face cries, you know. It was like, a, you know, and then it, you start doing this, you know. And then your shoulders start bouncing, you know. It's just like you, I was... Man, God was doing something. I don't know what. But so I laid him down. And as I'm kneeling there, God speaks to my heart and says, can you imagine how I felt when I laid my one and only son down to this earth? And I just I just stayed there kneeling in God's presence, so overwhelmed by his love, looking at my son and knowing the love that I have for him and knowing that it pales in comparison to the perfect love of God. And yet, he laid him down. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. Amen? Let's look at that verse real quick so we can really let it just sink into us. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin 
for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Wow. That's powerful. Amen. That is a super much kind of love. Now, I'm sure you've heard the question, why do bad things happen to good people? Right? I think we've all heard that. At least maybe you've even thought it about yourself. Like, I think I'm a good person and there's a lot of crap happening. <laughs> well, maybe you've thought that about yourself or you've asked that question about a loved one or family member, friend, whatever. But the truth is that statement has only been true one time in history. A very bad thing happened to the best person. The Son of God was crucified for the sin of humanity. That's love. That's super much kind of love. Amen? Wow. Other than that, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So this tells me this, that Jesus is the demonstration of God's only love, God's own love for us. The demonstration. In other words, the, the, the word demonstration, he's showing us a picture of his own love by showing us Jesus. Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love for us. Let's look at Romans 5, 6 through 8. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's good news, amen? Now, so often, we, we think that we have to, you know, clean up our past or figure things out or get our ducks in a row before we come to God, right? But God is saying, you know what? Don't clean yourself up. Let me do that. Forget the ducks in a row. Just come to me as you are because I love you super much. Yeah? See, here's the cool thing. God loves us super much, so much that he wants to take us as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us as we were, right? So too often, we have Christ followers who are relatively unchanged because they don't realize the true impact of a perfect agape love. It changes you every day, making you more like Jesus. Amen? So this also tells me, again, Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love for us. But it tells me that when God looked down, he didn't see a bunch of people who had it all together. He didn't see a bunch of people who were making the right choice and earning God's love. And then he was like, okay, yeah, this warrants this, the life of my only son, Jesus. They've, they've early earned this one. No, he looked down and saw us dead in our sin, completely covered in the filth of our own sin, royally screwing up. And that's when he said, okay, these are sinners in need of a savior. I'm sending my son. I'm laying him down because I love them super much. Amen? That's exciting. That's good news. This also tells me that Jesus isn't interested in condemning your past. He wants to rescue your future. Now, you got to hear that. Like, think about that for a moment. Like I said, too often we try to clean up before we come to God. We try to, you know, figure things out. You know, well, I want to come to God, but I have all this stuff that I'm dealing with. And he's just like, no, I'm not, I'm not interested in condemning your past because on the cross, he took care of all sin. And those who receive him are new, and he wants to rescue your future. Amen? That's exciting, guys. It's so awesome. Well, one thing I love about reading the gospel um, is 
thinking about Jesus and seeing the things that he said and did. And some of the experiences are actually pretty funny. There's a lot of humor in the Bible, if you didn't know that. And if you don't think that, then, uh, I don't know, read a new version. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But um, there's an there's a audio Bible that Brooke and I have in our car. Uh, and it's cool because um, it's a hip-hop Bible. <laughs> so it has like a beat under it. Um, like Genesis, it's like God made man and he put him in the garden of Eden and told him what and what not to be eaten, right? It's a little preview of my upcoming mixtape. Um, just kidding. It's not quite like that, but there is a beat under it and it's not the normal narrative of Morgan Freeman, but it is narrated and it's really cool. And, and the neat thing about it is a couple of weeks ago, we were listening to the gospel of John and sometimes when you're hearing something, you, you realize something that you didn't quite realize when you were reading it. Does that make sense? So we're listening, and it's like, wow, there were so many moments where Jesus was in this situation, and people were so mad and ticked off at him, the religious people, because of what he said or did. It says that they, they would rise up against him and try to seize him, or they tried to arrest him, or it says they tried to stone him, right? They tried to kill him. But each one of these says his time had not yet come, and he just passed right through untouched. That's, that's incredible, right? And so I want to show you a couple of instances. And I'll remember, this all ties together. Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love for us. So let's look at a couple of these. Let's start in Luke 4, 28 through 30. When they heard this, the people in the synagogue were furious, jumping up. They mobbed him and forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff, but he passed right through the crowd and went on his way. <laughs> picture that one for a minute. We have a mob of people, right? A large group of people. They grab him, and they're pushing him to the edge of town with the intent of throwing him over a cliff. And yet, he just passed right through. How did that happen? Right? Like I, My mind works in weird ways, so I just picture stuff like this. Like, you have this mob. Like, did, did time just freeze? And then Jesus is like, all right, well, I'm going to head on to the next town. See you guys. You know, they're all just like, you know, like, what happened there? Let's look at the next instance, John 7:30. Then the leaders tried to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. So we have multiple men trying to arrest one man, but they couldn't lay a hand on him. Like, think about that. How did, how did that happen? Did Jesus do, like, a Jedi Jesus trick on them? And, you know, you will not arrest me. I will not arrest you. Okay, see ya. You know, like, what? Or did, did God just in that moment make all those guys just, like, really, like, goofy from, from Mickey Mouse? Like, well, I can't get them. You know? Like, how did Jesus just, hey, hey I'm just going to keep on walking. No one's going to touch me, you know? It's awesome. Look at the next one, John 8, 58 through 59. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. What a powerful statement. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden from them and left the temple. <laughs> Everyone grab a rock. Where'd he go? <laughs> you know, like, I love Jesus, man. He's just so awesome. But here's the cool thing. Ten chapters later, in John chapter 18, it was the next time that he said the words, I am. And this time his time had come. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and the soldiers came to arrest him. 
And they said, we come for Jesus, the Nazarene. And he steps forward and says, I am he. And it says that everyone fell to the ground at his words. What? That's amazing. Now, was it an earthquake? Did all of their legs just simultaneously give out? I don't know. But all I know is there is power in Jesus. Amen? Now, there's more. But the reason I wanted to show you this, besides the fact that I think it's incredible and pretty funny, is that when I laid my son down on the ground, my senses were heightened to his well-being. Like, in that moment, now anyone who came within 10 feet of him, I was on it. Look out! There's a sleeping baby on the ground, you know? Don't step on him. Hey, 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 wait. Watch out. Sleeping child. Sleeping child right here. I laid him down. And my protection was over him. And God knew that Jesus' time had not come. And so though trials came, though adversity came, he was able to walk right through it untouched. And you, as a Christ follower, if you feel like temptation is getting heavy, trials are getting heavy, adversities, stones are getting thrown, we're not, you know, uh, unable to experience this because Jesus himself experienced it. But get, get this. You will walk right through it. If you, if you stay on track with God, if you know that you are living your life to the best of your ability for his glory and walking with him, then you will pass right through it untouched. Amen? Come on, if you believe that, then you got to, like, really, really grab hold of it. Because he loves you super much. Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love. You have his covering. That's good news. Amen. Mm. So it's important to realize that, as we said earlier, Jesus is the demonstration of God's own love for us. Um, But too often, at least me, I tend to think of God as this all-powerful, almighty, far away, distant superpower, Um, which he is. He holds it all together. But he is also very close and very personal. And we see this through the demonstration of his own love in Jesus. We see how close and how personal God is because he gave us his son. And so I'm just going to go through a couple of examples, um, and then we'll close. But a couple of examples uh, of how Jesus is in the middle of our situations. Right in the middle. He's close and he's personal. This first one we're going to look at in John 11. Pastor Jason talked about it a couple weeks ago, but man, it's so good. The story of Lazarus passing away. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. And Jesus responded, didn't I tell you? that you would see God's glory if you believe. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. 
but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and him loose. It's awesome. Lazarus was Jesus' friend, and he died. Jesus was away when he got the news, and he even waited a couple days to come. When he arrives, he enters into the middle of this situation and says that he's weeping with his friends. It says that he was angry and deeply troubled. In other words, Jesus entered into their emotions And he was a friend to them. And let me say, right now, Jesus is in the middle of your pain and in the middle of your situation. And he wants to be that friend to you. And here's the great part. He's the only friend who can actually step in and do something about it. Amen? Wow. So let's look at the next instance of this happening. Matthew 14, 24 through 25. And there's so many. These are just the ones we're looking at. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. So the disciples, his own followers, were out in a boat in the middle of a crazy storm. They're taking in water. They're fearing for their lives. And Jesus, it actually says in verses prior that he was up on a mountain praying, and he looked and saw them in trouble and went down to them in the middle of the storm. And this is actually the passage that leads to Peter walking on water. Jesus was in the middle of the storm, just walking around on waves. They cry out to him. He's there. And a lot of times we find ourselves in storms of life, not realizing that Jesus is in the middle of it with us because our focus is on the storm itself. But if we allow that to be a moment of, wow, my security is in Christ, our faith will be built maybe so much so, to step out and walk on the waves. Amen? This next one, Luke 23, 39 through 43, Jesus is on the cross between two criminals. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffs, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself and us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, don't you fear God even when you have been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus is hanging on the cross in the middle of his greatest moment of need. And he enters into the middle of someone else's need and says, you're going to be with me in paradise. That's awesome. And not only was he literally between two thieves in the middle of them, he was in the middle on the cross between us and God, making a way for us to be in right standing with him. That's awesome. That is love super much. That is the demonstration of God's own love toward us. Amen? And just like last week we celebrated Resurrection Sunday, he's not dead. Now, I'm not going to have this verse on the screen. It's a long passage, but I encourage you to read it if you get a chance to write it down. Luke 24, 13 through 32. But basically, we have two of Jesus' followers, and they're on this road to Emmaus. Now, they're talking about everything that they've experienced. This is after Jesus' death, 
after his burial, and it was actually the day of his resurrection. So these guys are walking to Emmaus, and Jesus just shows up out of nowhere and is walking with them, but they didn't recognize him. So Jesus is walking along, and he says, hey, what are you talking about? And they said, the things concerning Jesus Christ. And Jesus replies, what things? Look it up. Isn't that hilarious? Like he didn't know. Oh, really? What, what, do you, what about him? And then Jesus says, or he says, what things? And they respond, well, you know, you must be the only person in all of town who didn't get the news that Jesus Christ was wrongfully accused condemned and crucified and actually this morning the women in our group discovered an empty tomb so that's kind of what we're talking about right now and Jesus who is walking by them they don't recognize him he goes on to explain the prophecies concerning himself a lot of time passes it's a seven mile walk they get to where they're going to call it a night says it's starting to to get dark and I love this again more humor from Jesus it says that he acted as though he was going to keep walking. <laughs> That's so funny to me. Like Jesus is like, all right, guys, well, I'll see you later. And it says that they begged him to stay the night with them. He's like, okay, if, if you insist, you know. So they go in. They sit down for a meal. Jesus takes the bread, blesses it, and breaks it. And in that instant, their eyes were opened to who he was. They realized, well, this is Jesus. OMG. Oh my God. It's God. Oh my God. And then, this is the best part. It says that he disappeared in that moment. <laughs> so they realized it was him one moment. The next moment, he vanishes. And I love that. They don't look around and say, man, I wish he wouldn't have had to go or didn't, you know. They look at each other and they say, didn't our hearts burn within us when he explained the scripture to us? In other words, when they got a revelation of who he was, man, their hearts began to burn. And then their eyes were opened to the reality of, of him sitting right there. And then he vanishes. Now, it doesn't end there, and I love this. These guys didn't say, all right, well, that was a cool experience with Jesus. Let's call it a night. You know, great church service. Let's go home. No, what does it say? It says that within the hour, they go the seven miles back to Jerusalem to tell the others. They were so impacted by this experience with Jesus, so moved by his love, that they said, you know what, we got to tell somebody about this. And they hightailed it back to Jerusalem. That's incredible. And much like us walking through life, just like these two disciples they were talking about things that had happened, like things of the past, maybe good, maybe bad. And a lot of times we'll be like, man, remember that experience with God? Remember that time when I got saved? Remember when I went on that retreat? Remember this? Man, that was great. Meanwhile, Jesus himself is walking next to us, wanting to do something new in us, and we don't even recognize him. And the cool thing is they realized who he was when they invited him into their home, sat down, had a meal with him. Then their eyes were open. I just, I just think that's so incredible and such a picture of Jesus in the middle of our lives, middle of what we're going through, our situation. The theme throughout this whole message that I hope you're picking up on is Jesus is the demonstration 
of God's own love. Like maybe you find yourself in a life situation where things are rising up against you. Stones are being thrown. Trial is coming. Man, you keep your eyes on Jesus and you will walk right through it untouched. Maybe you find yourself dealing with a storm of depression or anxiety. Man, he's in the middle of the storm with you. Maybe you're walking through life and you're focusing a lot on the past, both good and bad. All the while, Jesus is walking right by your side. He wants you to realize and recognize that he's there. Amen? The cool thing about all this is Hebrews 4.15, it won't be on the screen, but Jesus is our high priest. And this verse says that he doesn't sympathize with us in our weakness. No, he empathizes with us. In other words, he doesn't look down and, oh, I feel sorry for them. No, he feels for us because he's been there and he is there and he cares. He's the demonstration of God's own love for us. And he loves you super much. Let's bow our heads. God loves you super much, so much so that he gave his son, Jesus, to die while you and I were still sinners. And he didn't stop there. He's in the middle of your situation because he cares. So maybe you've sat through this message and you're realizing now, wow, God's love is so big. He loves me so much. Maybe you realize that there's a void, an emptiness in your heart and in your life. And right now you know that can only be filled by Jesus Christ coming in. By you accepting him as Lord and Savior. Now maybe you have done that, but maybe you've wandered off the path and you're no longer living for him. If you're in either of those two categories, man, let's get right today, right now. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? I see your hand. It's awesome. Anyone else in this whole room? You realize that you just need Jesus in your heart and in your life, or you need to return to him. I see your hand. It's awesome. Well, listen, if, if you raised your hand, even if you didn't, but you just know in your heart right now that this is you, you need to make that decision, or you need to just come back to him, make things right. I'm going to lead a prayer. And it's not my prayer that's saving you. There's nothing magic about it. It's you putting your faith in him. So open up your heart right now and say your prayer because he wants to hear from you. Jesus, we love you so much and we believe that you lived a sinless life. We believe that you went to the cross and died for all of us because of our sin. We thank you, God, that you have the victory and you rose again to give us life So, Lord, help us walk every day with a new sense of who you are, realizing that you are right by our side. Help us recognize you every step of the way. Give us the strength we need, Lord. For everyone else in this room, you can keep your heads bowed, but I'm just going to say a a closing prayer over us. And, you know, like I said, maybe you do find yourself in the middle of a situation, middle of life circumstance, something that's heavy, weighing you down. Would we all just realize today how amazing God's love is? That Jesus is the very demonstration of God's only love for us. He loves us so much, it's beyond what we can even comprehend. 
and he's with you because he cares. So let's pray. And no matter what you're facing or going through right now, know that Jesus is in the middle of it, and he's going to see you through it. Jesus, thank you, God, that you've gathered us all together today to hopefully be encouraged by your word, to be reminded of your love, strengthened by your power. Thank you, God, that no matter what we face, we know that we're not alone because you love us super much. Thank you, God, that Jesus is the demonstration of your love, and he's walking by our side every step of the way. Lord, help us realize that you're there even when we don't feel you. Help us know that you're walking this journey with us. I pray all these things in your awesome name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's good, yeah?